Welcome to the very first episode of Good Old Sports. It's your hometown local sports show. And we don't know of anyone around. So I'm Riley Pate, my best friend Adrian Hernan, and we're here to bring sports to you. We're going to be talking about everything. Local sports, college sports, pro sports, and everything in between. Now, normally, we're going to be getting this out to you at about noon. We're going to start recording about 8, get it out to you about noon. We're going to put it out on some different platforms, uh, be looking for video in the very near future, all those things. Tell them our social media handles. What, what do we got? So, on about? social media, uh, if you can find us on Instagram, we're uh, labeled under RNA Media and Investments. Uh, that's on Instagram, and I believe it's also on Twitter. I think I'm not sure, but uh, especially on Instagram. So um, we have some stuff up on Instagram, and in the days to come, uh, I'll be posting and letting you guys know our day to day journeys and every and everything that we do, um, including this show. Um, I think uh, TikTok as well, right? Yes, we're gonna be up on TikTok, yes. recording date at least daily videos, yeah. maybe more than that a day to get in the algorithm. Y'all can kind of see the inner workings. Uh, we're working with businesses now to eventually put in some advertising programming for right, you. Right, right. Uh, we're going to be bringing all sorts of stuff. We've, I mean, we're excited. We've been working on this all summer, uh, even before that, really, talking about this. So we're excited about uh, what the future is going to bring. But you're here for our very first episode. Very, very first. I mean, and it's going to be fun, man. I am excited for this journey. Uh, you'll even get to see us um, to start to create or and invent our own way. As far as you know, we talked about a couple of shows back, the Ocho Cinco way. Well, we have an RNA way. And you guys will get to uh, get the insight of what that will be. And that, that should be fun. I'm excited about letting you guys see that. But yes, the journey that we'll be on, you guys will get the behind the scenes access. Uh, all you have to do is follow our social media tags. Uh, and handle uh, through Instagram, um, Twitter, and es- especially, ex- especially TikTok, because uh, I mean that's the app that's on fire right now. And um, not to say we want to move along with the crowd, but we know that that's how we'll reach a lot of our uh, audience. So follow us on TikTok. Um, you get a lot of content. We'll be putting out content there um, as far as sports. Um, game highlights and you know the games that we will attend and everything else including um like like, he's, like Riley said our day-to-day journey the process that we go through with putting the show together our uh business endeavors um and everything you know in between now how are they going to be able to find this show is it under what handle on well on like I said on Instagram it's RNA Media I'm talking uh, about like on the Apple Podcast. Oh, and- Apple, uh, uh, Apple Podcast. Um, we will be under um, go, uh, good old sports. good old sports, and then under that we will also be uh, from that. It's like from the our other show. It's uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon, Amazon Music, and then was the listening notes and Samsung Podcast. You guys will be able to find us, and I'm even thinking about getting us started on uh, Pandora because someone oh, asked me about be Pandora. Great, yeah. And so we're moving on up. Yeah, moving on so up. you can follow us on that. And um, guys, I mean, 
Give us a follow and listen. I, I promise you, you won't regret it. But um, as we move into the show, I mean, that's just a little taste of who we are and what we're doing. If you've followed us over from the other podcast, you already know who we are. Um, but if you don't, you know, as you said, I'm Adrian, uh, a.k.a. Ray Ray, uh, and my other, my best friend, Riley. So, y'all just kick it with us as we uh, go through these crazy, crazy sports moments. I mean, the football world is on fire right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, tons of tons of things to get into. And just real quick, credentials-wise, they're going, well, what do these two guys know about sports? Uh, <laughs> Adrian's family is, like, legendary over in Dangerfield, all right? Yeah. They, I mean, they are Dangerfield Tiger, Blue Tiger football. Yeah. I mean, that, you can't get any better than that. <laughs> uh, I uh, was in the coaching world. For almost 10 years uh, and got out of that and so I've been around it all my life coached it uh, been a part of high school football uh, been a broadcaster at various times and getting back into that now so here we go but like I said a lot to get to in the football world uh, yeah. football world the the first one breaking news broke this morning Deshaun Watson six games what do you think well uh, just like I told you when we just the six game suspension that's Bare minimum, because you know they, they mentioned the you know the two and eight two to eight games. Mm. I thought okay, man, you know that's fair, um, which is not the initial thing. No, because he was going to get what the year or the indefinite. year, and then he went to an indefinite suspension. And the reason for the indefinite suspension was the Ray Rice thing. So remember, they came out with the Ray Rice. It was kind of a slap on the wrist, and the video came out that showed you know all yeah. that mess. And to avoid that. Goodell said, okay, I'll put him on the shelf indefinitely. We'll wait to see if anything comes out, and then when I feel like it, I'll yank it off of it. Mm-hmm. So, so there's been a lot of moving parts to this. But then it got leaked, the two-day games. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot that goes into something like that. You don't just leak something. And, it, and, and you'll find this as we dig into high school sports, too. You don't leak something unless you want somebody to know. Somebody wanted somebody to know, hey, they're talking about two-day games. Now, my opinion, that came from the league office. They wanted to know what would the public perception be if we come out and say, you know what, a year's a little much, indefinite's a little much, let's see how they react to two-day games. Let's talk about kind of a middle number between those two, Mm -hmm. and that's what we're going to pop in with. Yeah. But I believe, you know, the the sixth game, and I, as I read earlier, you know, his his crew, his team isn't, they are upset. They don't like the six-game suspension. It's like I said, they don't like the six-game suspension. But like I said, that's a slap on the wrist. That's the bare minimum. Because, I mean, you've already paid. You've already settled out of court with the majority of the women. Uh, I believe it was, what, nearly 40, right? Yes, 40. at least 40. Yeah, at least 40 uh, that we know of, I guess. Uh, you've settled out of court. With the majority of them, I guess, save one. But if you've done that, what's the issue with the six games? You he 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 does his six games. Most of most likely, he's not going to uh, see the field during preseason, anyways. So you sit out those six games. I mean, and then come back for the next ten. That's fair. I I, I deem that as fair because compared to some guys in the league. Uh, who have already have gotten 
you know, suspended or banned even from the NFL. That six that six games is looking uh really tasty right about now. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh argue or bite the hand that feeds me on that one. Uh because six games compared to the year or indefinite suspension, yeah, which one would you rather take? Well, so I'm reading through the article right now from USA Today. Mm-hmm. The league may still appeal this to themselves, by the way. So if the league appeals it, it goes <laughs> to the commissioner, Roger Goodell, and they're currently reviewing... Whether or not they're going to pursue the appeal, they have to decide by Thursday whether they're going to do that. But I want want you to listen to this. Here's what's telling to me. So in her decision, USA Today got a copy of the decision, Mm -hmm. right? Here's what, so they, they had retired Judge Sue L. Robinson, who was a federal judge, be the arbitrator in the case, right? Yeah. Here's what she... Set, part of her decision says she wrote that she determined Watson had engaged in sexual assault but here's the interesting part as defined by the NFL against the four therapists def- identified in the report as defined by the NFL uh-huh. so what people you know they're going to be in a, oh, only six games but if he only violated what the, the NFL defines as sexual assault, that would mean that there's a difference between their definition of sexual assault and, and, and the legal definition, which would explain why the, the court cases down in Harris County never went to trial. Hmm. So would you say that the NFL holds these players at a higher standard lawfully than the own justice system? Now? I think the NFL goes too far. I'll just be honest with you. Because that that's the whole reason that this appeals process is even in there. Mm-hmm. Is because Jerry Jones got mad about it and he said Let, over the Ezekiel yeah, Elliott. Yeah. And he said, Listen, we've got to do something different. Yeah. But the reason behind that is that the NFL wants to dig and dig and dig, even after the legal system says, you know what, there's nothing criminal here, we're gonna back off. Right. And I'm glad you brought up the Ezekiel situation because we all seen that uh, play out right in front of us. You know, it was a back to it was back to back. You know, constantly appealing and oh, he's going to play this game. No, he's not going to play this game. And so what we seen was, and you're right, the NFL. I believe the NFL takes it too far as well because my belief is if the case has been thrown out by the local law enforcement, it's 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 closed. Case closed. There's nothing else that can be done on it. The NFL has no right to go back and open that case again, and that's what they did with uh, Ezekiel Elliott because they had they had ruled out Ezekiel Elliott. There was no evidence. Well, my deal is if there was so much against Deshaun Watson, why in the world was he never on the commissioner's exempt list? That's what I want somebody to answer from the commissioner's office. Yeah, because he's never on the commissioner's exempt list. If the Texans had been able to trade him last year, they would have. And he could have played wherever he was traded. Mm-hmm. But they didn't want to trade him because nobody knew, okay, if he gets traded, is Goodell then going to suspend him? Right. That was the question. So if you knew all of this, if all of this evidence was truly has truly been out there for well over a year now, I mean, well, we're almost on two years yeah. of all this coming out, 
then why is it now that, oh, we're going to review whether or not it should be more than six games? Well, if you think it should be more than six games, why was he not on the exempt list last year? Right. Why was he eligible to play if they had wanted to play? Now, Houston didn't want any piece of that. They were a terrible team. Uh, It didn't matter who the quarterback was. They weren't going to win very many games, but you could have traded him, which is the reason that nobody got in on him last year. There were teams that were interested last season. They explored it. I think Miami... Uh, there was talk of him going yeah, to Miami. Miami. Um, there, there was one other big team, and it wasn't Cleveland, um, that was looking for a quarterback during the season last year. I and can't. The, but leading up to the deadline, remember, and they explored a trade. But, but regardless, you had these other teams that were that that made phone calls. They they explored. Now, what I want to another thing. That nobody's asking these other teams that went up not trading for him. What did you find in your exploratory phone calls? Hmm. What what investigation? What did you find? Because all of these guys hired private investigators. I know that Miami sent some down to Texas to to be around the courthouse, to be in the district attorney's office. They got to read all the case files. They talked to all you know all these people. Yeah. And they pull out. What did you see that made you go, uh... And, and then what about Cleveland? You know, you go in this knowing you're going to alienate Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Either way, you're going to have to get another quarterback. And then now Goodell's going to go, well, we might appeal... Something's still not there. We're yeah. still missing a piece of this story. I believe the NFL waits until the judicial system has done their part and then goes and follows up with whatever they deem to be on their side of of their system and how to handle disciplinary uh, actions. But, so you ask that question, why did Miami back out? I believe they backed out once the other women started coming out, coming forward, and they said, okay, this is about to get messy. Um, but, um... You ask the question: Did Cleveland have? Did Cleveland know some kind of inside uh, source who told them, "Hey, this probably won't get no more than two to eight games"? Because if Cleveland jumped on them that fast, that there had to be something that they knew ahead of everybody else. There's still so many moving parts because then it comes out that the Texans yep. suppressed thirty different women from coming forward. There was a whole lawsuit against them that they had to settle with 30 other women. Yeah. What did they know? And and there's just so much to it. Yeah. Uh, and, and even the insiders don't have any information right now. There, nobody's talking. There's been not, not very many leaks on this situation from the get-go. Yeah. It's been quiet. Just real quiet. I think the NFL should just leave it at six games. I don't, I don't see any reason why they need to poke any further into it. I mean, if you've made that decision, that decision has decision has been made, leave it as is. I mean, because if you can't get anything else out of it, why bother? Uh that's the thing. I, I just don't I don't I don't like when the NFL pries even further into these players' businesses as if they are I, I get you have your policies. And, you know, there are certain terms and agreements that have to be followed. But at the same time, there's nothing else that can be done. Leave it alone. If it's not broke, don't try to fix it. 
I mean, the, the situation has been handled. He gets the six games. Uh, that's it. Move along. Let him sit out the six games and then return to his career. Well, I'm looking right now trying to find, because it still sticks out to me, as the NFL defines it, and I'm trying to find what their definition, because I think that's the key to all of this. What is their definition of domestic violence and sexual assault? Because you had a whole grand jury twice go, this doesn't meet the guidelines. Okay, but so I, one excerpt says an individual is subject to discipline under the policy if the person is determined to be guilty of a criminal charge or if the NFL investigation demonstrates the person engaged in conduct prohibited by the policy. Depending on the nature of the violation, the person's record discipline may be a fine suspension community service or a combination of the three. Hmm. So, it says if they are found to be guilty of it, right? Correct. But it's... Oh, here we go. But this is from 2016. It's been updated since then. I'm looking. Yeah, right now, I'll have to. We'll pick this up tomorrow. I'm going to do some research. Yeah. Because that sticks out. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the beginning. I mean, at the beginning of that clause, I mean, there's not. He, he wasn't found guilty. I mean, he yeah he he done it, but there wasn't any kind of evidence, you know, real proof, you know, except for these text messages. Yes, yeah. but only some of them were made public. So what were the other ones? I, th- that's what I'm saying. How can and this goes back to my deal with the whole NFL? How can you have three thousand emails with the Washington Commander situation and their owner Daniel Snyder, and the only ones that get leaked? Or John Gruden's. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And then now all of a sudden the only text messages that get leaked out of this whole deal with Deshaun Watson are the ones that make him look the most guilty. Well, what about all the other ones? Why are you only making public the things that nail these people to a wall? What about the, the other ones that provide maybe some context? What about everything else surrounding this situation? Why is the NFL so dead set on its own public appearance that it is willing to run down these coaches, players, owners, general managers, whoever, run them into the ground to protect itself. That's how the NFL works. Yep. And come to think about it now, this is the exact same thing that was done with uh, Ezekiel Elliott. He was, he was, actually, he wasn't even guilty. There's proof out there that you can go look up that he was set up. But oh, yet, absolutely. Yeah. But yet and still, uh, and, uh, Roger Goodell, NFL, say, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and open this back up. What more did y'all have to pry into in order to say he needed or should have been suspended? Yeah. What more did you want to know? What did you find or what did you know that the public didn't know? But but if you're going to do this, you've got to make everything public. 
Yeah. I know they want to do whatever. If you're if you're going to nail these people down, have them murdered on ESPN and sports and all these different sports shows, right? You know, have even people like us talk about these guys. You, you're gonna have to make things more public, right? Because then it's a, other than that, it's a lot of assumptions. But at the same time, if that if the inf- information is p- made public, then we have something. Uh, firm to stand on and say, okay, this makes more sense as to why. But as of right now, with this whole Deshaun Watson deal, it's not like you said. There's a lot of holes in it. It's a lot of holes, and I wish him all the best. You know, with the Browns, um, whether or not he did it, that still needs to be answered. It's, it hasn't been answered, but to a certain extent. But you know, I wish him all the best. He's a great quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Great quarter, and that can't be denied. But at the same time, you know, you will have to somewhat feel for this guy to an extent because we don't know the in- too much of the inside deal of what's yeah. going on. You know, or you know, over this last year, I'm pretty sure he's had his struggles. You know, having to make sure, clear his name mm-hmm. and make sure that you know he his name is cleared and. He's not going to be viewed as a um, threat or any kind of harm to anyone around him. You know, that affects a person's life. You know, so much to this, so much. Let's look at the football thing, though. So I'm looking as you're talking from a football perspective. Mm-hmm. Cleveland now has to pivot from a guy Deshaun Watson caliber. Yeah. To these backups. Okay. Um, the number one backup that everybody keeps talking about is Jacoby Brissett. He's, uh, let's see, 29 years of age. He's <laughs> older than Deshaun Watson. Played at North Carolina State. Um, looking at his career, and. Uh, let's see, for his career, he's had 727 completions and 1,208 attempts, so a completion percentage of 60.2. He's thrown for 7,742 yards. He averages 6.4 yards a pass, thrown 36 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, um, for a rating of about 83. Hmm. But his for the 2021 last year, he filled in you know, for Baker Mayfield. 1,283 yards, five touchdowns, four interceptions with a QBR of 48.2. Clearly a downgrade from Deshaun Watson. All eyes are going to be on Cleveland in the preseason. Right. Because this is not going to be your normal preseason, let's get guys reps. No, this is, what are we going to do for the first six games? Because you know, we talked about before the show, you can't lose. You've got to come out of that with a winning record. There's 17 games now yeah. instead of the 16. But let's say you go 0-6, you're not making the playoffs. Not in that division. Yeah. I say Browns stick to their guns. Um, I know they, they just got Amari Cooper out of, uh, you know, from Dallas. You know, we all know Amari Cooper to be. He's one of the greatest route runners in in the league right now. And but at the same time, the Browns, I believe they just need to stick with their guns. You have Nick Chubb, who I would, I now 
me being a Dallas Cowboy fan, I love Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott is an outstanding running back. Um, but with Nick Chubb, the guy's already proven what he can do. Stick to your guns. Browns have never really been known as a passing team. They've been known as a run team. I say you stick with Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt. Um, if he he's still with the Browns, right? Yeah, so Kareem yeah. Hunt's still there. Yeah. So you have two great running backs. Stick with your guns. Build off of them, and then work it. If you want to work on your pass game, but at the same time, if you want to truly win. Uh, and we saw this last season when they played uh, in the playoffs. Was it the Steelers, right? With the Steelers? No, no, last year they didn't make the playoffs. Was the year, uh, but, but it was, the, it was the, the Thanksgiving Day game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Thanksgiving Day game. Um, if, if you just ran the ball, <laughs> I mean, if you would just have kept the ball on the ground, that you would have won that game. But stick to your guns. Because of, as right now, it's unclear of what the quarterback situation is looking like in Cleveland. Stick to your guns. Give Nick Chubb his reps. You know? Last year, Kareem Hunt. Uh, we all know about Nick Chubb. So let's talk about Kareem Hunt for a minute. All right. 78 attempts, 386 yards, five touchdowns. He averaged 4.9 yards a carry. Then you have Nick Chubb, um, who last year... Load for me. Had 228 attempts, 1,259 yards uh, total, good for second in the league, eight touchdowns, and five and a half yards. He averaged five and a half yards a carry. You can run the football. Yeah. But the question is okay, if if you get that identity, we're going to be a running team. We're going to run the football, we're going to line up, we're going to right, right down your throat. What are you gonna do when you get Deshaun Watson? Yeah. You didn't you didn't give up all that money to Deshaun Watson to hand off football. Yeah. That's a guaranteed so, contract, by the way. That will okay, so that will bring up the question if that was the case, which I believe they should just stick with the run game. Oh right, absolutely. If that's the case, if they do if they should have if they would, should have, and could stick with the run game, what would be the point of giving up Baker Mayfield then? Why would you risk letting him go? Just See, I think they want to get away from a running scheme. I think they want to be a flashy offense. You don't bring in a guy like Deshaun Watson to hand the ball off 20 or 30 times a game. You you bring him in to sling it, to be an athlete, because if you're handing the ball off, now you've got this athlete of a quarterback, and you're telling him to quit being an athlete. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want you running around back there. We're not gonna run the QB key. We're not gonna run the sneak. We're not we're not doing any of that. We're just gonna hand the ball off. We're gonna let you dink and dunk your way down the field. The whole deal from Cleveland's perspective is very interesting to me. And my question is, was there more to their offseason plans if the commissioner would have come out and said, This is what I'm gonna do with Deshaun Watson? Do you structure your team different after that? Because if you know that Deshaun's not going to be out all year, maybe you trade a Kareem Hunt. Or, hey, what can you get for a Nick Chubb? I mean, I'm not saying that you should, Mm -hmm. but I'm saying if you're going to pay all this money to your quarterback, maybe you go more, you know, you get Amari Cooper, but maybe you beef up that receiver core. 
Yeah. And, and you put one of those running backs on the block and say, you know what, I'm going to trade them to a team who's got a wealth of receivers that maybe they want to run the football or maybe they should run the football. I mean, it's a fire sale over in Seattle. They're burning the building down. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not going to hold on it there or shouldn't if they if they really want to do Pete Carroll's way because it was between um, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. If that's really the direction that they wanted it to go, then clearly his identity is I'm going to run the football, I'm going to play good defense, and we're going to see if we're still in the game in the fourth quarter. So he doesn't care about throwing the ball. Hey, why not call one of them up? You've got some receivers over there in Seattle. Yeah. I'll take a couple, and I'll throw in a Kareem Hunter and Nick Chubb. And I've got Deshaun Watson as my quarterback. You've got um, uh, Drew Locke over there. You don't have a quarterback. Yeah. You know, even if you get Jimmy G, all he does is win, by the way. And we'll <laughs> talk about that later. But you get somebody like a Jimmy G, he's not going to throw it 50 times a game. If he is, you're losing the ball game. Yeah. I mean, it, th- there's so much to this that I think hinged on this decision on Deshaun Watson that everybody waited on. And here we are, the first day of August, training camp's already started. Everything's starting to ramp up. And Cleveland got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. And now, what are you going to do for those first six games? Are you going to run the football, which is what you're going to have to do if you're going to be in the ball game consistently? And it, that's insane to me. You've got a quarterback with all of this. Now I understand they're not. I think they're paying him a million dollars this year because mm-hmm. everybody, you know, he restructured his deal. But you've got all of this money tied up in a quarterback. And you don't even know what your offensive identity is going to be for at least six games of the year. That's tough. <laughs> That's tough. But they did it. They did this. They had Baker Mayfield. He was the guy. He could hand the ball off. He could throw deep if occasionally. He could do some things, make things happen. And they said, "That's not good enough. We're going to have to go make a splash." Yeah. It was a. So okay. So you believe it was a. It wasn't a broken situation, but they've saw fit that they okay. We have to fix this. I think that if that's the case, they went a little bit too far and pushed their ranks so just a little bit too far. I think it came down to excitement and ticket sales. Yeah, and, and still getting a good competitive team on the feet. I mean, it wasn't like we're gonna sell out, you know, and just put a a bad team. They didn't yeah. get a bad quarterback. Yeah. But I don't. I think it was more about that than hey, we're gonna identify as this kind of a football team. Yeah. Well, remember also uh, towards the end of the season they lost uh, Odell Beckham to the Rams, and then you know yeah. they go on to win the Super Bowl. They got rid of him. But see, here's what that makes sense about that situation. They got rid of him to keep Baker happy because he was mad at Baker. You know, you're not getting me the ball enough, so we're gonna take some pressure off Baker. To where he doesn't feel like he's got to get the ball to Odell. You know, Odell's complaining he didn't get enough touch. So you trade him, but then you know we're not fully committed to Baker Mayfield. Yeah. That's insane. So yeah. let's let's go over the six-game schedule. First six game. You got the Panthers in Carolina. Okay. Mm. With Baker Mayfield. Okay. Oh, that's Yeah, I forgot. In that's Carolina. Gonna, yeah, that's going to be interesting. You've got the Jets in Cleveland. That's a barn burner. 
You've got Pittsburgh in Cleveland, but that's without. I mean, they don't know about their quarterback situation. You've got Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett. The the you know Kenny Pickett. But it's a true competition, according yeah. to Mike Tomlin. You've got Atlanta and Atlanta, but they they don't. Atlanta doesn't know what they're doing. Uh, they you know Matt Flynn's gone, so I, I think they're kind of you know Stan Flux. Then you've got the Chargers. You're probably gonna lose that game. Let's see here. That's one, two, three, four, five, and then your sixth game. So you've got Sandy, uh, uh, Los Angeles Chargers in Cleveland for your fifth game. Your sixth game is New England in Cleveland. The It's a coin toss with Carolina. Yeah. I think Carolina's sneakily gotten better. I don't think they're very good. But I think you get Baker Mayfield. You've got some pieces there. They're better. That's a coin toss. You're probably going to beat New, uh, New York with uh, Trey Lance. Okay. Okay. Steelers is a coin toss because you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. And we'll revisit all this the closer, of course. You probably beat Atlanta. I mean, that's a whole mess. Julio Jones is gone. Um, You you don't have anybody there. You don't have a quarterback. Uh, Oh, and uh, Ridley is suspended indefinitely. Yeah, Ridley's out. Yeah. So, So you could... okay. You've got a 50-50 game with with the Panthers. You're going to win the Jets game, you would assume. I mean, just assuming. You've got another 50-50 game with the Steelers. Then you've got another win with uh, with, uh, Atlanta. You've got a loss to the Chargers, and I'm going to say a loss to New England. Yeah. So you've got at least two of the six games you're going to lose. You've only got two of the six games that you really are probably going to win for sure. Yeah. And you've got the others that are a toss-up. You could come out of that with a losing record. Yeah. Well, with the 50... Actually, it's a 50-50 chance. Now, you can either come out 2-4 or 4-2. Because those 50-50 games depends on all about their game planning. Yeah. So but you, I'm saying you're not winning the New England game. Yeah, no. Not with I, Bill Belichick. And I don't think they're going to be the Chargers either. The Chargers no, are pretty not. good. Yeah. Uh, so, like, well, like I said, you can come out 2-4 or 4-2. And then you got the rest of the season. Yeah. Now, but, but you've got to think what is overcomable in that division. Man, that's a tough division, too. Because don't they have the Bengals? Yeah. They're not winning the AFC. So, they're the AFC North. No, they don't have it in the... Okay, they, yeah, they've got Cincinnati, you've got the Steelers, and you've got Baltimore. You're not winning that division. I don't... I mean, until somebody knocks off the Bengals, the Bengals are the... And you've got Baltimore. If you go... If you come out of that 2-4... and four, you're you're behind the eight ball, even yeah. with Deshaun Watson. All right, it's a mess in Cleveland. Yeah, a mess in Cleveland. Well, we'll have to revisit that. We yeah, definitely because I, I mean, want to know. There's more. a lot. I kind of want to fill in the gaps about. Well, we're going to have to let that unfold a little bit this afternoon. Yeah. Get back to that in the morning. Um. 
So, when we were talking about quarterbacks, now I'm pretty sure everybody's heard of or at least read something about the Lamar Jackson, you know, not being a good quarterback, you know, with the one defensive coordinator made earlier or last week. And that started a whole frenzy on top of the columnary issue, which we'll talk about here in a second. But I kind of want to, I want to talk about this Lamar Jackson deal uh, with him not, you know, he's a quarterback, but he's not able to be uh, in the, on the list with the good quarterbacks. I mean, I mean what's your opinion about that? I have mine, but I want to know what you think about well, it. Well, he said he's not among the great ones. The great ones. Okay, I'm pulling it up. Because I wanted to make sure. So, what happened is that there was a, a list put out by Mike Sando of The Athletic. And he released his NFL quarterback tiers ahead of the 2022 season. And for the, for the purpose of the article... Quarterbacks were divided into five tiers, right? Yeah. And results reflect voting from 50 NFL coaches and executives, including six general managers, eight head coaches, 10 evaluators, 12 coordinators, six quarterback coaches, and seven executives whose specialties include analytics, game management, and the salary cap. In that, Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson landed, and this is according to SB Nation I'm reading this off of, Lamar Jackson landed in the second tier at number 10 overall on the list. The nine quarterbacks ranked ahead of him were Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow in tier one. And the ones ranked ahead of him in tier two were Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, and Deshaun Watson. Um... Sando then included several quotes from anonymous offensive and defensive coordinators within the thing. One such quote from a defensive coordinator was quite critical of the 2019 unanimous MVP. The coordinator said, quote, If he has to pass to win the game, they ain't winning the game. He's so unique as an athlete, and he's a really good football player, but I don't care if he wins the league MVP 12 times, I don't think he'll ever be a one as a quarterback. He'll be a one as a football player, but not as a quarterback. So many games come down to two minute, and that is why they have a hard time advancing even when they are good on defense. Playoffs are tight. You have to be able to throw the ball, and he is just so inconsistent throwing the ball, it is hit or miss. That's interesting. So he's he's separating a quarterback from a football player. Mm-hmm. He's saying, listen, here's an athlete, but he's not a quarterback. He's definitely not a one. And he's going so far as saying he's definitely not a one, a, t- a tier one quarterback. Yeah. But but look at the guys listed ahead of him. Because I think that even in that, if you, I think there are more people who agree with that line of thinking than just that one coordinator. Because if you look at the list, tier one, you had Aaron Rodgers. That's a real quarterback. He's your standard pocket quarterback. Yeah. Tom Brady. Of course. Josh Allen, who I told you earlier, he's a little bit of a hybrid because he'll run the football, mm-hmm. but he can sit back there and just kind of pick you apart. Justin Herbert, same way, over with the Chargers. 
I bet you he's made that pocket quarterback he's going to pick you apart. Right. Then you have Joe Burrow. The only one in Tier 1 listed that would even be comparable to something like a Lamar Jackson in some respects was Patrick Mahomes. The difference being Patrick Mahomes has a better arm. Then you look at that, the ones listed ahead of him in Tier 2. You have Matthew Stafford, typical pocket quarterback. Russell Wilson has become more of a pocket quarterback. Um, than he was in the past. I right, mean, age right. is catching up with him. Right. Then you have Deshaun Watson. We don't know what Deshaun Watson's going to be now because he hasn't played in almost two years. So even among others, there is this difference between what they view as a quarterback and a football player, even at the quarterback position. There's a difference. Uh, I will take a quarterback all day long over an athlete. And here's why. An athlete, most of the time, will lose as many games for you as he's going to win, especially at the quarterback position. Because he can't throw the ball, he can't put it where he wants it, whenever he wants to, for the most part. He's not much of a game manager. And I'm not saying that Lamar, don't, don't misunderstand me, I'm not saying Lamar Jackson's not a leader. But he's not a game manager. He's not that guy who's going to go through, manage a football game as you're, you know, methodically marching down the field, dinking, dunking, picking guys apart, doing different things. He's not that guy. Now, he is the guy that game on the line, ball on the five-yard line, ball's in his hands. He's going to try and make something happen, and more likely than not, he's going to succeed, right? Right. But... As far as your typical quarterback, he's not that guy. The guys that were listed, Tom Brady. If you give the ball to Tom Brady with two minutes left, you're done. Oh, yeah, definitely. If Tom Brady can win the ball game, he's going to pick you apart, you're done for. Aaron Rodgers, much the same way. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, much the same way. Joe Burrow, prove, you know, hey, he almost won a Super Bowl in his first full season. Um, Matthew Stafford wins the Super Bowl. Picking you apart being a game manager. Yeah. Russell Wilson, I think once he gets the opportunity to do that, we'll <laughs> do that. Uh, that's a whole separate conversation. We've got to look at this and go, maybe the guy's right. It's controversial, and it, it, it surprised me that this didn't get more run than it did. Like, I heard it mentioned a couple times, but it didn't get much run. Well, I think because people have their own ideal about what a quarterback really is. And, and, and you think about it, in today's society and, and the game of football, you see a lot more quarterbacks like, like Lamar Jackson than you do like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. You see a lot of them coming out of co- uh, college. They're more... Athletic and good on their feet, you know. Even at the high school level. Yeah, that, but see, that's the age of the quarterback that we're in right now. Um, you have some of those that are that are coming back. Like, for instance, uh, Arch Manning. Um, Arch Manning, uh, Quinn Ewers. The guys that are coming up, they're more of the pocket quarterbacks. Speaking of that, we'll, we'll talk about that. Remind me about Arch Manning. I saw something on him. Oh, okay. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. But, I mean, the, the pocket quarterbacks are making the comeback. Uh, comeback. Um, but as of right now, the good on their feet 
athletic and make stuff happen, those are the quarterbacks that are in right now. Um, so I guess, you know, I would say a lot of people didn't saw that and say, eh, well, you know, that's his opinion. But I, I see Lamar Jackson as a pretty good quarterback just because he's able to do that type of stuff. And this generation hasn't really seen quarterbacks too long like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. You know, we came up, we saw that a lot more than we seen a lot like um, uh, Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson. So, I mean, we saw Vic, you know. But Vic was about it. And Vic back then was a anomaly. Like, people watched games that he was in just to watch him. Yeah. Vince Young was a lot... Now, he didn't succeed at the NFL level. Yeah. Like he did in college. Vince Young was much that way. Uh, Donovan McNabb learned how to be a pocket quarterback as he got older. Uh, but, But for the most part, you went through that stretch where that's all you had. You had the Tony Romos, the Tom Brady's, the Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. Guys like that who were going to sit there and they were going to... Peyton Manning, Eli Manning. They were going to sit there and they were going to slice you and dice you. Yeah. And they were going to just pick you apart. Then college kind of changed their their systems, right? Yeah. And, and the offensive system was built around this athletic quarterback who could run around, make things happen, and let's just air it out and see, see if you can make a play. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that trickled down even now to the high, like I said, to the high school level. But I, I, I'm one of those. I agree with the defensive, court, the, the the one that said it. I don't think that he is a top tier quarterback. I think he's a top tier football player. But I, for me, if you're gonna say a guy is a top tier quarterback, he better be winning playoff games. Mm-hmm. Especially considering he's had some talent around him. You need to be able to manage games and win playoff games. So, interesting you said that, that, especially if he has talent around him. So, I see a post right here, a headline that says, If the Ravens care about Lamar, they'll give him a top receiver this offseason. But what's he going to do with him? That's that, I mean, that's the thing. Because he had Hollywood Brown. He had Hollywood Brown, and he, he couldn't get the football to him. He, his arm is not a strong arm. He, he, his arm doesn't grade high on any of the scales. He, he very rarely is capable of throwing a one ball. I mean, he's just not a top-tier quarterback. You have to build a certain I'm not saying they can't win with him. Uh, I, I, I think if you build the right system, but quit trying to make him something he's not. Yeah. If he's not a top-tier quarterback, don't treat him like a top-tier quarterback. And I wouldn't pay him like that. Because, you know, he's wanting this extension, and the big deal is, okay, where does he fall in the scale? He's probably going to wind up in Kyler Murray-type money. Right? Yeah. But you think about Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray's got a better arm. Yeah. yeah. He's a little bit different of a quarterback. I, you know, so it's, it's interesting to me to see... Where do, do the Ravens value him on this list of quarterbacks? Because it seems like now, whenever one quarterback gets an extension, the next one wants it. And he wants that money plus something. Well, are you really that good? I'm ready for one of these GMs to come out and say, oh, no, you're not. Because right now it's just, okay, yeah, we'll match it and we'll go above it. I want one of them to say, you're not him, but we will extend you, but you're not that guy. 
Because what it looks like is now these contract extensions to these players, it's looking more like a competition. Well, seeing who can get paid the most, who can get, you know, I can, well, I can now pay. If you're going to give your guy this, I can give my guy this. You know, I can one-up you on this Even one. if he's not worth it. Yeah. And that's what's happening is it's you're getting, like the Deshaun Watson deal, that's an inordinate amount of guaranteed money. He had, for a guy who hadn't even played in over a year now, Hadn't played any sort of competitive football. We don't know what he's going to look like. And even if he comes back, he's not going to be Deshaun Watson as we know him forever. Right. He's going to have to transition. You don't even know if five years down the road that guy can transition into the type of quarterback that's just going to sit there and slash you and dice you. But you're paying him all this guaranteed money. And that's what's happening is these guys are getting paid this money and you don't even know if they're worth it. It's incredible to me. Yeah. And... Another thing is with Deshaun Watson, you know, I, I seen where he picked up, he's bulked up, you know, and that's good, but I look at a quarterback, you can run your offense. You run your mm-hmm. offense to the utmost. Um, your IQ, you have a high, high IQ, you can read the defense. I haven't seen that so far with Deshaun, I mean, not Deshaun Watson, uh, Lamar Jackson. No. He's good. I mean, the guy's phenomenal, as we all know, on his feet, man. He can make a defense about five guys miss at once. But once he's planted, can he read a defense? Can he get the ball? And I haven't seen that from Lamar Jackson. I know he's wanting this extension, but it's just like you said, okay, are you worth it? And that should be the top question for these GMs when they go and these players say, hey, I want to get paid X amount of money because I think I deserve it. Okay. Well, do you, I mean, tell me why you deserve it. But see, that's the problem. They're just getting these contracts without the merits. Yeah. Like, they're not having to come in and say, I'm worth it because of X, Y, Z. They're just coming in and saying, okay, Deshaun Watson just got $280 million of guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray just got $238 million. Uh, 250 sounds about right. Yeah. Like, well, why? <laughs> well, because he just got paid. No. Yeah. That, so, this is one thing. Okay, so... Speaking of this, I admire Jerry Jones to an extent for this. Because Jerry Jones, he's not stingy with his money, but he's very, very cautious about how much money he pays his player and how yeah, soon he plays. Yeah, but he, he overpaid Dak Prescott big time. Yeah. He, he, now, I understand he was trying to beat the market because uh-huh. he thought, if I let this go on, then the market's going to be higher than I'm going to be willing to pay. Yeah. But he's still overpaid for him. Well, okay. We say that now. So, when Dak got that contract, he was the highest paid quarterback. Yes. Oh, now it's look at yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, look at it now. Would you say the same thing? I, I think if you view it in the sense of the market, no. I wouldn't say the same. You know, look, now right. looking yeah. at it, I'd okay. say, okay, yeah, that's a bargain deal. Yeah. But for, again, it comes back to, what have you done for me lately? Dak Prescott has not done anything up until this. I'm not saying he's not capable of it, necessarily. I'm saying that up until this point, Dak Prescott has not done anything to earn that contract. What happened was, you had all of this influx of quarterbacks that their contracts were about to come up. Jerry looked at the market. He said, that guy's going to get paid. That guy's going to get paid. That guy's going to get paid. And they're going to get paid stupid amounts of money because of 
their ownership and their general managers who are willing to just shell out that kind of cash. I'm not that guy, but I know i got to pay my quarterback, so here's what I'm going to do for you. So, yeah, in, in the grand scheme of things, was it a bargain? Probably. But it still comes back to what's his merits. Yeah. Because the other guys are overpaid anyways. Like, regardless. Kyler Murray, right now, as it stands today, is not worth $238 million. It's a baseball contract. Which is interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, about Dak Prescott, you know, Dak has been... Got to get our Cowboys in there because yeah. uh, that's the clickbait. Yeah. You always have to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, America if, if, if nothing's going on with Dallas, you still have to talk... You have to create <laughs> something with yeah. Dallas, which there's plenty going on because Jerry Jones made some interesting comments the other day starting a training camp. And by the way, he's the only general manager slash owner who does his own press conference, but I digress. <laughs> Jerry Jones is that guy. He wants to be out front. Yeah. But see, that's Jerry's problem. A whole different deal. Yeah. <laughs> We're just learning how to do format the show. Yeah. It'll be a little bit yeah. better, but, but I... Yeah. <laughs> don't get me started on Jerry. But, okay, so Dak has been, since he's been in the NFL... Has been consistent year in and year out. But has he? Okay, yeah, he's been a consistent loser. But, okay, all right, all right, okay, so. Here's where we go with the loser. Okay, all right, so this is because, okay, you say that, but you're talking by winning. But I'm talking stat-wise. He's been consistent. Yeah, consistently not very good. No, his stats are consistent. Exactly, but not enough to win football games. Okay, so that translated to so, winning football games. So that reminds me, so they uh, opened a scene, one of the opening scenes during the opening scene of uh, the movie We Are Marshals. Yeah. He, he says they will remember us by what, how we win, not yeah. by, you know, how good we played, how no, well we it, played. You got to win. <laughs> so I get that. I, I get that. But I will not sell or count Dak, Dak short. Now, Dak, you know, I, I, it's not a love-hate relationship with, or kind of relationship okay, with him, I'm gonna say, because it's the Cowboys. I'm going to say on. something very controversial. Jimmy Garoppolo, as it stands today, will probably garner more in a trade today than Dak Prescott would if you put him on the line. That's a bold statement. And here's That's why. a very bold statement. Because whether you like Jimmy G or not, all he does is win. What? Well, that, that's, a bold, that's a bold statement. Hey, clickbait, man. We got to get views. <laughs> but, but I'm telling you, all Jimmy G. Now, do I think he's a very good quarterback? No. I think he's a, a low-tier two quarterback, my opinion. But he's a very good game manager. I'll give him that. that. I'll give him that. Something that Dak Prescott is not, and it showed in the playoffs. We went up against a very depleted, not very good San Francisco team that just squeaked out wins as they went along. I mean, we're talking about they're winning games like 14 to 7. <laughs> so, I mean, just these low scoring games, but Jimmy does just enough to win a ball game. You give Dak Prescott the football with, it was right out of minute. Maybe a little more, maybe a little. I mean, right yeah. around a minute to drive down the field, he can't do it. I mean, I, I'm not 
depending it all on him, there was things with Mike McCarthy, you got to get a different play call there. Why in the world do you throw to the middle of the field at that point the ball game? I don't know. You, you, there, there's multiple things that should have been different. I'm not I'm not knocking him for that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if I'm an executive right now and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, okay, I can get a couple of good running backs, some decent receivers, I can put Jimmy G back there, we can make the playoffs, we can play good defense, and then you get in there, you win a couple of playoff games, anything can happen. But if you consistently get beat out or don't make the playoffs or get beat out in the first round, you give yourself zero chance. I understand what everybody says about Dak, mm-hmm. but all Jimmy does is win. I mean, it goes back to technically if we want to be whatever about it, stats-wise, Dak Prescott is better than Matthew Stafford, but who's got a Super Bowl? It's just you've got to look at it from who can win a ball game, not who can be flashy, who can put up stats. And that's where you separate a good player who should be in the NFL. Mm -hmm. By the way, I'm not saying Dak Prescott's not an NFL quarterback. I'm saying Dak Prescott is not a top-tier NFL quarterback. And I'm saying that the reason he's not is because his stats don't translate into wins. And at some point, he's going to have to accept some responsibility, which he hasn't done up to now. It's been, well, we haven't done this, we haven't done that. Well, why don't you come out and say, you know what? I stuck today. Like, I sucked it up a little bit. I, I threw some balls I shouldn't have thrown. I made some decisions I shouldn't have made. All those things. He just hasn't put it out there that, hey, I'm willing to be that quarterback. I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting. The way in that, to me... And it goes back to the whole Lamar Jackson thing. All of this, to me, is indicative of how we view quarterbacks. What? How? How do we view quarterbacks? Do we want them to be winners? And that might mean that they're just game managers who dink and dunk and slice and dice their way through a football team. Or do you want a guy who's going to pad themselves, put up the stats, you know, sell the tickets, but you might be you know, uh, seven and eight at the end of the year. Or eight and seven. You know, you're not going to be... This is all, I mean, you have very valid, you know, points. And you may be right. You may be right. It's a bold statement. Jimmy G over Dak. It's a bold statement. I will say this. I will say this. As far as stats go, and actually, I'm not, I'm not too big on stats, you know, because Tony Romo killed in stats, you know, over some of the greatest quarterbacks as we know as of today, but he but, never won a Super Bowl. But looking, okay, but looking back, I think that I appreciate Tony Romo more now than I did when he was playing. Yeah, he should have won a Super Bowl with the with the, the year that. Mike McCarthy threw that flag. Yeah, at the, Des Bryant or the challenge. Ball, yeah, whatever year that was, fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, I mean, Des caught them all. Yeah. Period. Everybody in in, in their blind grandmother knows Des Bryant <laughs> caught the football. We win. We advance. We're probably going to the Super Bowl. Right. That's just the. So I, I appreciate him more now than I did when he was playing. But I think that is a symptom of you get a guy like that, and I think San Francisco is going to learn this with Jimmy G. Everybody, oh, let's move on to the next guy. 
you know. Yeah. Um, and, and I misspoke earlier. The Jets have uh, uh, Zach Wilson, not Trey Lance. Trey Lance is in as Trey Lance. Um, but everybody's ready to move on to Trey Lance. Yeah. Right? You know, flashy. He's going to be an athlete. He's going to throw the ball. We're going to, you know. And all I heard is that's Kyle Shanahan's quarterback. Well, what is a Kyle Shanahan quarterback? I don't know. What does that even mean? Um, first off, and I still haven't got a definition of, oh, he's that quarterback. I, you know, don't know. But just like we did with Romo, we want him out. Let's get that next guy. Oh, we're excited. Let's get something different. Didn't work out. Didn't translate into wins. Uh, and, and I think San Francisco's going to learn that with, with Trey Lance, that it may not do what you think it's going to do. It may look good. It may look fun. It may look flashy. But it might not be enough to win. Well, I say this about, with, about that situation is, it didn't translate well because you had the, not only the quarterback, but the, the coaching as well. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because the coaching with that, with that, you know, when when Tony Romo was in there, it worked fine because Tony Romo had was a pocket quarterback. As when Dak came in, Dak was not a pot, still isn't a pocket quarterback. So then why in the world would you draft him? I mean, that's my deal with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Is is there's all these different things. Oh, he's not this. Then why in the world did you draft him? He didn't, why did you hire this? You know. Yeah, he didn't fit uh, Scott Linehan's offense. And he doesn't fit Mike McCarthy and what they're wanting to do over there. He's, he, he's well, not that guy. That depends on how what Kellen Moore and his playbook or how flash. And this is the thing about Kellen Moore, he has the pieces to be flashy. To be able to have a very interesting playbook. But the question is, will he ever tap in to the type of players that he has? Will he realize, dude, you have Tony Pollard. You just got uh, Cavante uh, Turpin. You know, a speedster. speedster. You have uh, CeeDee Lamb. um, TJ Vasher. You have Dalton Schultz uh, at, at tight end. You uh, Sime Fehoko is a high hybrid type. You have the receivers. You got Zeke at running back. You have to know how to work your system around the players that you have. And I think that's what Cowboys miss missed is they got so focused on trying to make Dak a Tony Romo, a pocket quarterback, rather than letting him shine and with the type of ability that he already has. Mm-hmm. He's not your pocket quarterback. He he will never be a pocket quarterback. That's just not the type of player. That's why, uh, here not too long ago, they revealed that Dak is going to be running. They're going to design plays where Dak is going to be running more. Because I think now they're starting to figure out, we can't transform this kid or this guy into a pocket quarterback. That's just not his niche. Yes, he can run. He can run. We'll see. He's a good runner. But the thing is... he got that bad ankle. Yeah. Okay. That's well, no. not fully healed. They can say what they want. That's not the same ankle that he had when he came in. Of course it's not going to be the same same ankle. Barring the in- injury that he had, it's not going to be the same ankle. But can Dak Prescott still run? Yes, he can run. Now, he may not be able to run the same way he did before the injury. But, yes, he can but run. can he run the ball? I, I don't know. I, I would have a lot of apprehension if I'm going to ask Dak Prescott to run the ball 
four, five, six, seven times a game. I, the on thing a, is, on a designed quarterback the, run. The thing is, that didn't run last season because of the injury. I think it was a lot of mental uh, deals with but, that, and Barr ending his contract coming off that injury. You didn't want him to run a lot. But can he? I mean, that's the question because I think. With that whole situation, we got one story from the Cowboys. There were outside independent doctors who saw the injury at the time, have dealt with that, and they're coming in saying, he's not going to be the same quarterback. You know, and then it leads to the shoulder injury that they, there was a lot of deals about that. They bring in the Rangers, the Texas Rangers doctor, who looks at that and goes, that's bad. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot with Dak Prescott that that Jerry just didn't want everybody to know because he paid him all that money. Well, it was the same with Tony Romo. When Tony started getting injured, you know, his shoulder, his ribs, back, and all this, it was a lot going on with Tony Romo's injuries that, the, you know, the public or the press did not know about. And it turned out to be a lot worse towards the end of his career than it, we knew, you know? Yeah. But I say, I say with that, I believe, yes, he can run. He's a good runner. Now, for him to be running consistently, no. Um, why would you do that? You have, you have a running back for that. But for him to be to have certain plays drawn out, okay, he's going to run. If he has a great offense that can block for him, he, he can get it done. Now, I'm not saying he's going to get the first down every play. He may get about five, five six yards and occasionally your, your first downs, but... They, that may be the plays that they use him for. Say it's a uh, three and five. Okay, Dak, we want you. This is going to be a uh, quarterback draw. Yeah, we want you to. We're gonna. We want you to get the ball. Have the ball on this one, to where you can get that first down. Okay, now let's continue moving down the down the field. It may not be your first down. Okay, first down, first drive of the game. Dak, you got the ball. You. We, we want you to run it. It may not be those type of plays. It may be those third and fives, or. Four and ones or something like that, but but not do they against Tampa Bay first game of the year? I you've just got there's so much to this. Yeah. I mean, I think it all depends on who you're playing. Yeah, if you're playing New York, you might get away with it. Yeah. Uh, if you're playing Washington, you know, I I I'm I'm hoping that they're going to be very selective with this new scheme. Yeah, you know they're gonna look at it. And go, okay. Well, I think so. I, I and the reason and because it could change. Who knows? But I think they will because, like I said, you just got Turpin now. You signed Turpin to a three year, three year deal. You haven't even seen this guy play outside from college in the the other uh, football league that he played in. You haven't seen him play uh, NFL game. How he adjusts to that type, you know, this, that type of speed. But you give him a three-year contract. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, they see something in this guy that say, okay, now this is something that we could use. So, the reason why I'm saying that is you don't go and get somebody like that. And you don't have somebody like Tony Pollard to where you're going to have your, have your quarterback running all game. On top mm-hmm. of having Ezekiel Elliott at, Elliott at running back. So, I don't see them. I see Cowboys doing a lot of screen passes, a lot of jet sweeps. Um... I, I see them doing. I see Kellen Moore getting creative in that. In that, a lot of play action. Um, I see him getting creative with his, his his playbook in that area. 
to where Dak doesn't have to run. Okay, now that we got these pieces and I figured out how to place them, we're you don't have to run as much anymore. You know, you can you can kind of sit back in the back, dink and dunk, and be or become a game manager that you you know that you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. because you won't with those guys. This is what I said earlier. Cowboys have beefed up beefed up their receiving core. Now we lost uh, Amari Cooper, of course, but like I said, you, you lose Amari Cooper, and I don't know why it's doing that. Uh, but you you lose Amari Cooper, and you have to question, okay, where do we go from here? Well, you also have Michael Gallup out on injury. Um, who probably won't be back the first couple of games. No telling when he's going to be back. But you also have T.J. Vasher, uh, who was a rookie last season, him going into his second year. You have Simi Fehoko, uh, who's going into his uh, second year as well. Um, you drafted these guys for a specific reason. Now use them. True. So, I mean, you... On top of that, then you have Noah Brown, who you probably continue to use even more now in this system. So... Cowboys have the receivers. They have a quarterback. Yeah. The offense struggled a lot. And so, what are the Cowboys going to look like heading into the season when they meet up with Tampa Bay? I, I'm not I, talking about preseason. Yeah. But I'm talking about when they meet up with Tampa Bay again. Last year, they did pretty well. They did great last year, even though they lost. But what will they look like this this season when they meet up with Tampa Bay and Tom Brady? A lot to unpack. That's why this is just our first show. Yeah. Well, I hope you've enjoyed it. This has been fun. Yeah. It, and and there are several things we were going to cover we can get to because it's our opening show. Tomorrow, we'll get this out there sooner. We'll have more time. Uh, now we'll kind of get a feel for it. What do you yeah. think? Oh, I enjoyed it. But um, I saw, just like you said, we, the stuff that we didn't get to cover, we'll cover tomorrow. So it'll be tomorrow. Uh, one of the things that uh, we're going to cover... Uh, We'll probably pick up on a lot of a few conversations that we uh, had today with more updates. Um, also, some high school, some local sports news. Uh, the Kyler Murray situation. The, yes, the Kyler Murray. I've, I've got a lot to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that and then uh, high school, local high school sports. Um, some of the other sports. We just talked football. Yeah, today. we just talked football today. You know, we will talk baseball because baseball, my Yankees are... Basketball, yeah. a lot going on in the basketball world. Yeah. Even the, golf. Well, yeah. like to the the, the sports world is lit up right now. I mean, from high school all the way 
to professional. It's it's lit up, which is great for guys like us who yeah. want to start a show because there's a lot of content. Yeah, a lot of content. But it's bad for business for those guys that's actually in the business of doing the the, the contracts and all that well, stuff. That's their problem. I don't yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, y'all have fun. Have a great day. This is good old sports. We'll see you tomorrow.